I'm Alex Cox. And I'm Savannah Million. And I'm Maria Renahan. And this is Roboism, a podcast about robots, isms, and tech, but mostly robots. I don't know if you noticed, but we have one extra person in the studio with us today. It's me. Yeah, we have Maria Ranahan, who was a guest actually on our first run, Roboism 1.0. And you are back to talk to us about the Science Ambassador Scholarship. Heck yeah. Um, I actually work for Cards Against Humanity, which is a uh, popular party game, so I've heard. Um, and what's <laughs> what's cool about working at Cards is um, we have a science-themed expansion pack that funds a full-ride scholarship for women in STEM. Um, so part of my job is managing that scholarship program, and I'm super excited to talk to you guys about it today. Yeah, full disclosure, I also work for Cards Against Humanity, that card game. That I, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, what exactly is the Science Ambassador Scholarship? Yeah, so the Science Ambassador Scholarship is a full-ride scholarship for women in STEM funded by Cards Against Humanity. Applications are now open until December of this year, um, and it's super easy to apply. All you have to do is be a woman that is studying uh, a science tech, engineering, or math, and will be in an undergraduate program this fall. Oh, I'm sorry, fall 2018. And you submit a three-minute video application on our website. With the science pack, like, how was that created? How did that come about? Who was like, hmm, this is a good idea? Yeah, so um, a lot of us at Cards Against Humanity have backgrounds in science. I do not, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I love doing the organization behind the scholarship. Um, So, yeah, so a lot of us at Cards have backgrounds in science and tech, um, and obviously there is, like, a staggering underrepresentation of women in these fields. Obviously, you guys have a podcast about women in STEM, so you know all about this. But um, we decided to do something about it using our platform and our time and that kind of stuff. So we wrote a science pack, which you can buy on our website. Um, It was co-written by Phil Plate from uh, Bad Astronomy and Zach Wienersmith from Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal. And the pack is 10 bucks, and all the proceeds, which are up to a million dollars right now, fund this scholarship. Oh, but Jesus. I know, right? That's so much money. How long have you guys been doing this? This is our third year, which yeah, is wild. Wow. We've funded two girls' full-ride scholarships so far. Wow. What? Uh, who? who? <laughs> <laughs> yes, who? Who? Um, so our first winner, her name was Sona Dadhania, and she goes to University of Pennsylvania. She's studying material science and engineering, which is crazy to me. That is amazing coming from someone who studied communications for four years right Um, (laughs) but so yeah she was our first winner and our second winner um she's a freshman her name is Anna Barth and she goes to Harvey Mudd College in California she's studying physics so we have like a pretty impressive roster um but anyways um the reason why we're on the show today is because applications for this year's award are now open so we're trying to pick the winner for next year what would you say to people who are submitting and want, like, hot tips? Ooh, um, I guess my biggest hot tip would be read the website. <laughs> <laughs> um, we spent a lot of time on it, writing out all the how to apply section and that kind of thing. But um, I would just say spend more time talking about science and delivering a mini lecture in your video. Uh, we really want to learn something in these videos. It's less about... 
um, delivering a personal statement and more about explaining like really complex science topics in a simple, fun way. And also you only have three minutes to do it. So just dive right into your topic um, and just be as creative and thoughtful as you can. Also, we don't care about production quality. So if you're shooting this on an iPhone or on a super nice camera, like that's totally fine. What's some of the best feedback you've gotten, um, not only from participants, but just like the public? Um, I would say my favorite feedback is from our board members. We have some pretty cool represent. Well, I mean, all of our board members are amazing, but we have representatives from like the Smithsonian, the Museum of Science and Industry, Harvard, um, GE Aviation, just these incredible women who will respond to like our organizational emails and just be like, yeah, girls in STEM rock with like a heart emoji or something like that. And that encouragement in itself is exciting. But I would otherwise say that some of the best feedback we've gotten is also from the girls who are applying for the scholarship who are just excited that this opportunity exists. And also from my mom. (laughs) She's very proud of it. She asked for a business card the other day and I was like, sure, mom. Wait, you have business cards and everything? We do. It's like a thing. Yeah. Very official. (laughs) Um, Do you see the scholarship like growing at all in the future? Is it going to be the same every year? Um, what's what's yeah. the future look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know what the future looks like for this scholarship. We have a million dollar fund, so we are um, obviously going to fund as many awards as we can. But there is some sort of end date eventually, whether that's you know in ten or fifteen or however many years. But I guess for the future of the scholarship, our goal is to just fund as many undergraduate degrees as we can and to keep talking about the importance of getting girls in STEM, especially at a young age. Um, I don't know, when I was a kid, I guess I was playing with Barbie dolls and not Legos and that kind of like influences you as as a child. And so I guess if we're spreading this message, now our goal is to just get women involved in STEM as early as possible. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. For sure. I know that like a big portion of the application process and um, how the candidate is chosen is the like idea of being an ambassador. And what exactly does that mean to the program? And like, what does it mean to you and Jen Bain, the executive director of the scholarship? Um, what what does it mean to you to be an ambassador? Oh, that's also a great question. Um, I think You know, when people think of a scientist, and this is terrible, but I think it's honest. When people think of a scientist, you kind of just think of a white dude in a lab coat because that's what's been shown to you for your entire life in mainstream media. So to be an ambassador in our eyes, whether you're a board member, you're applying for the scholarship, or you just teach STEM, for women, it's just visibility and the opportunity to talk about your work and your research on a public scale because you have young girls who are watching TV and reading the news and they're online. And if they see a woman in STEM succeeding, all of a sudden they realize that there's a place for them in that in that field as well. So for being an ambassador, it's just doing your thing and doing it public. Yeah, it's awesome that you have the resources to be able to help people get that visibility because that mm-hmm. can be really difficult. Yeah, for sure. All on your own. I hear people like this card game. So. <laughs> Hopefully it draws some attention to it. Uh All right. We're going to come back to the scholarship in a bit. But the last time you were on, we talked about your favorite robot, which I believe was BB-8. I know it's also a droid. Please don't add us. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> and and we all talked about how hot Poe Dameron is. Um, but right now, Savannah and I, I don't want to call it a feud, but uh, she's kind of questioning my choices about how I engage in biohacking and how I want to become a cyborg. Um, <laughs> recently... I discovered that you can implant an NFC chip into your hand. Are, are you familiar with um, NFC? No, I'm actually not. Give me the lowdown. So it stands for near field communication. And it's not like I, I'm trying to, I don't, I am not a scientist, even though my degree says I am a student of cinema arts and sciences. Thanks, Columbia College Chicago. <laughs> we, um, we need a, a, somebody to submit an application to the oh the that'd be so bad ambassador scholarship oh. explaining nfc cards so we can learn and oh that would be great yeah. yeah the simplest way is it's um a little device that you can tap on something and another thing will happen so so for example apple pay is um what in uh, it uses nfc uh, a lot of doors and like key fobs use nfc to um, let people in and out. And we actually have a sort of NFC chip system in this office uh, where we can get in and out. And I want to put a little NFC chip in my hand so I don't have to carry around a key. What? You want to so, put a key in your finger? Uh, no, well, actually, in in like my little hand, this is great audio, like the, <laughs> the little squishy part between your thumb and forefinger. Um, and I'm I'm wondering, like how how you feel about cyborgs, and do you consider yourself a cyborg? You wear glasses, oh. so you you augment your body already, really. Okay, so my first thought on your NFC chip, uh, I formally support your decision, <laughs> but I'm also very intrigued and nervous by it. <laughs> um, my second thought is, am I a cyborg? Um, definitely. I feel like I can't go 20 minutes without checking my phone. I've like peeked at my phone twice as we're recording. I have no, I have no one calling or texting me. I just like feel this impulse <laughs> to check my phone. So I feel like I'm already a cyborg. Yeah, there's already a b- big debate over like, uh, oh, people aren't cyborgs be- because blah, 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 something with glasses, blah, blah, blah. There's n- you have nothing like inside your body. But like the <laughs> Webster's define cyborg. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, the But like the definition of cyborg is um, a human who is assisted by technology. And uh, the only reason I haven't checked my phone is because I'm wearing an Apple Watch. So I can check <laughs> that. And I'm also sitting in front of a laptop and looking at another laptop to monitor the levels of this uh, podcast. So yeah, would you, well, here, so how far would you go in changing your body to make like life convenient? Because it's super easy now to put something in your pocket and look at it and be like, yeah, yes, this is great. Um, And I'm sure we're going to have like augmented reality glasses. At what point does technology have to be cool enough for you to replace a um, organic body part with a synthetic one? Oh my God. <laughs> I every, didn't think it would be that upsetting. <laughs> every time I come on the show, I have an existential crisis. <laughs> I don't know. This is a terrifying question. Um, okay. I feel like in like a basic level, like if I needed some sort of like surgery, like knee replacement, that kind of thing, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about 
any other thing until like 500 people or 500,000 people on the internet have tried it and tweeted about it and then I know it's safe. <laughs> right. So. I think I draw the line me like where it, if it hurts, <laughs> then I don't want it unless I need it for like, medical purposes. Ooh, I like Savannah's answer. I changed mine. I'm going with that. Well, you have, Maria, you have tattoos, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, what if there was a way to implant things via tattoo? Ooh. That's actually kind of becoming slowly a thing. Like people have circuits in a tattoo and it, it it can't really do anything that cool, but I'm like, it's kind of cool. So I'm considering it. Mm. I mean, like what kind of things inside the tattoo would this technology do? What, they Do they like light up or something? So there's this article on Gizmodo. Circuit board tattoos that actually work will bring your cyborg fantasies to life. The tattoos would allow patients to go on their daily routines while still being monitored by medical professionals instead of being tethered to bulky machines. Oh, this is cool. That's actually very cool. Yeah. I mean, right now my watch is also like a step towards being a cyborg um, because it is constantly monitoring my heart rate and how nervous I am at any given moment. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. I think that those kind of technologies are super important. I have a friend who has diabetes and she has a little like reader on her thigh that Mm -hmm. will send her updates to her phone. And it's just made her life so much easier because she can monitor her blood sugar on her phone. Um, So like that stuff's super cool. Yeah. Guys, I promise I'm going to stop talking about Apple. (laughs) A a future Mm -hmm. Apple Watch, like there's all these like patents, secret patents coming through where like a future Apple Watch might actually be able to um, monitor like various glucose levels. And my, I have a lot of diabetic friends actually, and they're like so pumped for this, yeah. which I, I, I don't know. I love that. Um, yeah. I would chop off limbs in a heartbeat to <laughs> get some good arms. Alex, I would chop off limbs in a heartbeat, Cox. <laughs> 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 your, new, your new Twitter bio. Uh, S- Savannah, what if you could have two different sets of legs, like one for like walking about and another for biking? Um, yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe I'd get like a like a cushier butt for like longer rides. Exactly. <laughs> you would just hop in and be like, yep, here we go. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's the most enthusiastic and um, the the most comfortable you've been able to talk about artificial limbs. It's very exciting. <laughs> I think it's because it's all hypothetical. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think about the difference between like tattoos and implant stuff. And I think there's something about tattoos. I don't keep in mind. I don't have any tattoos, but it's like, you know, it's it's art and technology to me feels so um it's so dated so quickly uh to like make a permanent decision about your body with tech that's going to be um obsolete so soon you know like iphones they're all very impermanent like i replace them every couple of years but if tattoos are like forever you know I don't yeah know. i mean like could you imagine getting a walkman like permanently attached to your body it'd be so embarrassing I would have been that person. (laughs) So, and I completely agree with you, uh, but I can just, well, and and the whole other thing with implants is security, which we talked about before. And you can basically, if you really wanted to dig out your little chip, if you want it, there'd be a lot of blood, but it it would be okay. It'd be fine. 
Um, I I do think <laughs> Savannah shaking her head at me. And normally I don't even I I don't look at people while I'm recording because I know that they're always upset with what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I just get very excited because I do think technology is art and. The one thing that I sort of disagree with is like, yes, technology will be dated. Um, but if it's something like a hard drive, there it takes a very long time for hard drives to be completely outdated. Um, and like when, say, uh, let, let's say one day my NFC chip, like NFC is no longer the standard. You can't read it. It's almost like that's a piece of history in you. Like my, I have a tattoo of a box for a, a company that I work for, which is kind of strange, but like, I'm always going to remember like, ah, this was my first real job. And I have this tattoo of a box, which I don't know if it's going to age well. I don't know. <laughs> so I understand your box tattoo, but I'm I'm sorry, but like having uh, like old circuitry in your body forever <laughs> because for like emotional significance doesn't <laughs> doesn't compute for me like it's like steampunk cyborg. like do you also do you also like feel nostalgic when you look at landfills like oh there's so much like old. oh i'm sorry no. it's just there's just it's well, just old it's yikes. garbage now like get rid of it i i'm sorry do you, i mean oh, well Clearly, this person does not save old iPhones and look at them. No, I don't save old iPhones. I want to. I need to get rid of my iPhone so bad it dies every like three hours. I if if it was permanently attached to me, I'd be really mad. Well, I, I have a question for both of you. Have you ever saved a piece of technology like like an old laptop or some or something, or is it always just like trash immediately once you're done? I have a Zen mp3 player still from i don't know what year <laughs> oh my gosh pre-ipod pre-ipod yeah i mean i have like my dad's old record player from the 80s oh, that's that cool though which is like nostalgic it, and, and yeah. like cool but now but it wrapped I, around to cool <laughs> but I, I feel like here's the thing alex if you get some sort of like circuitry tattooed into your body and then you wait until you get old enough It'll be cool it again. will be cool again. Exactly. Like it'll be retro, you yes. know. Like you'll be that cool eighty-five-year-old with punk cyborg. Exactly, exactly. You just have to give it enough time. It's like the window of cool lasts about five years, and then it takes a break <laughs> for about thirty, and Very then it comes true. back. So like, my oh, grandchildren such a are long... going to be so impressed. Exactly. <laughs> that's such a long time. It is such a long time. I think we're actually going to start having more and more nostalgia for um. AI actually because we're going to become more and more attached to the voices we hear every day when we're talking to virtual assistants and if you have the physical like um little robot butler in your house you're going to I think like going to have an emotional attachment like a kid as a kid like I I have a for example I have a um 2XL which is a toy that I talk about too much on this podcast it's not even a robot it's just shaped like a robot and it happens to be a cassette player and I have it on my desk because I was just so attached to it and like what's going to happen if like your five-year-old gets so attached to the Alexa and then the voice changes. Yeah. And so Siri's voice recently changed and I'm like, you sound mean. Like, I don't <laughs> like it. You're not my mom. <laughs> when it's a, Now when it says like, okay, hold on a second. I'm like, 
that's not your job. Don't. <laughs> that's such a good point. Like, I'm sure both of you. This is another good question. Did you like name the person in your phone who tells you your directions on Google Maps? No, I usually say uh, like Google o- Overlord because I, <laughs> I I sort of picture her as like this tech goddess that like not ne- not necessarily like a benevolent one either. Um, that she just knows chaotic all. neutral. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. What about you, Savannah? Uh, no, I don't actually use the that ever. <gasps> really? Yeah, because I I don't drive. Mm, good point. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I wish I had an answer. Oh, that's okay. I named mine Karen for no particular reason. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I'm, does, is this in the interface where you can name it or did you? is it like naming your car? Just you like just... naming my car. Mm. But I have this like emotional connection and whenever she like gives me wrong directions or, Karen. you know, I'm just like, God, Karen. Karen. <laughs> Karen. Karen. Come on, Karen. Get it together. Mm. We actually had... Um, I, my boss Trin, she has named her Siri uh, Alistair uh, after a Dragon Age character. Does she use the British? Yes, that is. She uses the uh, British, the male British voice. Yeah, and he was trying. We were trying to get from Canada to the United States for a convention that we were coming back from, and it took us to the. Um, bridge that you cross the border but it took us under the bridge and I was so disappointed in him like and we just didn't pay attention because we assumed ah yes this this Alistair knows what to do Alistair knows what's up no we ended up like in a casino under a giant (laughs) bridge listen Alistair is the most capable of the Grey Wardens okay it doesn't mean he knows Canada all right Canada isn't even (laughs) in Ferelden so (laughs) what do you expect to be fair, even though he took us underneath a bridge, he still was the most capable navigator <laughs> in that <laughs> Okay, Maria, before we go, are there any other thoughts or fun facts or any cool trivia you can tell us about the Science Ambassador Scholarship? Ooh, um, the fun fact is that applications close December 11th, 2017. So get your application in now. If you are not eligible for the scholarship, just spread the word to women in STEM. Um, and then if you have any questions or concerns, just visit our website and send me an email. I love talking about the scholarship. So reach out if you need anything. Thank you to everybody who's become a Relay FM member. And if you want to learn more or become a member yourself, you can go to relay.fm slash membership. All right. I would like to thank Maria once again for coming on this silly show for a second time. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I love you guys and I'm so happy to talk about the scholarship. Yes, thanks for being here. You can find us on Twitter at at RoboismFM and me at at Alex Cox spelled C-O-X, not the other way. And I'm at Savannah Million. And Maria, can you tell people A, uh, where to find you on the internet and B, uh, your latest pet project? Just for oh, kicks. Oh no. Am I plugging my newsletter? Oh, can you plug your newsletter? Please, please, oh, please. Man. It's so good. Okay. So one, you can find me on the internet at Maria Ranahan. Ranahan is phonetic. Just sound it out. <laughs> um, and to answer Savannah's second question, I do have a newsletter that goes out weekly about my cat whose name is Oatmeal. It's called Oatmeal for Breakfast. Send it out at 8 a.m. every Friday. It's got some great cat content. Um, You can subscribe to that newsletter off my Twitter feed as well. Just 
Yeah. I'm a subscriber to Oatmeal for Breakfast, and I'm very pleased. Oh, it's yeah. The best thing that comes to my inbox every week. And it, especially because like 8 a.m. is like around the time where I'm like kind of done getting ready for work and I'm like about to have breakfast and I'm grumpy and angry at the world. And then, ah, cats. Cats, cats, cats. <laughs> Happy cats. It combines high quality photos with low quality cat. <laughs> my cat. It's a great tagline, although it's not true. He is a real teenager. <laughs> okay, this has been another episode of Roboism. I'm Alex Cox. I'm Savannah Million. I'm Maria Ranahan. Thank, Thank you for listening. Maria has the best voice. <laughs> Yay! I'm never fooled around.